Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapist. Thank you for joining us, and it really helps us out. If you go over to iTunes, give us a review, give us a rating, let us know that you're listening, and this is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Welcome to the new year. It's kind of a rare occasion. Happy New Year! It's a rare occasion (laughs) that Katie and I actually get to record in the same space at the same time. It's so weird. And I'm sure that my cat will run around here at some point and interrupt (laughs) things, but... Welcome back. This is a great time of of year. Things are crisp. We're coming back from vacation. We're refreshed. But this is the time of year when we really take on kind of our New Year's resolutions. Last year, we had an episode talking about setting goals and what that might look like. We'll include a link to that in our show notes. You can find that on our website, mtsgpodcast.com. But I think that we're starting this year with this idea of our challenge to you. This is uh, starting the episode with a call to action. But our challenge to you is to take something that professionally you're having conversations about, but to actually take some meaningful steps towards doing something about it. And there's a lot of Katie and my work and our hashtag therapy movement of turning conversations, collecting them, and turning this into action. And so in today's episode, we're going to talk about some of the things that we're doing that either you can help us out, or there's maybe some opportunities for you to let us know what actions that you're taking this year. And I think the big piece is identifying what it is you want to actually take action on. So often, I think people talk about a lot of things, but when you actually move from talking to walking your talk or doing real things, I think it can start feeling overwhelming. And oftentimes what I find when I talk to folks who have big vision for this is what I want to do, when you start implementing, you actually get a little bit more aware of if it really does suit you, if it is the thing that you want to do. Sometimes you can get going and identify like, yeah, I thought it was interesting to me, but I'm not doing it or I I don't want to do it or that kind of stuff. So I think it's important that taking action doesn't mean that you're going to do something all the way through. You're going to realize if you do it all the way through, you're going to to experiment with it and see is is this my thing? Is this my is this the the thing that I need to push through? And when you find those things, then you'll have the motivation to sustain. Some of the stuff that Katie and I have been doing, some of the 
action steps that we've taken. One of the big things that I'm really happy that we were able to accomplish is addressing the need for having more diverse speakers at conferences. Yes. And we felt that we were really successful with that in our Therapy Reimagined 2018 conference. I think uh, about a third of our speakers came from a racial background that's non-white. Mm-hmm. Um, over half of our faculty were women. Yep. And we had several faculty who identified as LGBT plus community members. And I already see this kind of spreading to other conferences recognizing mm-hmm. what we were able to do with our little conference as now being <laughs> kind of, you know, stuck up on a on a on a wall. On a wall is <laughs> is kind of a goal of, of meeting that. So it's not done, but I put as, as you know, we accomplished something that has now kind of spread to other places as being yeah. a checkmark in we did something. We did. And I think it was something where all the way throughout, I think both you and I were kind of surprised. We're just keep moving forward. And I think part of the reason we did that is we actually set a date and we put action steps in place and we were committed and we sold tickets like once you once you actually kind of put your money where your mouth is i'm like using all of these cliches today you should avoid those cliches like the plague (laughs) um but once you put that there there's at least for me that you have to just keep going because you've committed to other people that you're going to do it the other piece that i like about the conference that i think is something that's been really important to us was we also were able to bring it into the focus on the therapist making sure that we're high quality therapists that we're doing solid business practices that inform our clinical treatment that we talked about advocacy for the profession like i feel like the topics that we put into our conference were also very different and we were able to provide a lot of ce's for those those topics and i think it it has shifted some of the conversations i think on what we should be trained on and that i was just super excited about because i think i'm more interested in those pieces than specific clinical interventions and so for me that was we made the conference that i wanted to go to which i think that's huge And we also brought a big piece of, and I've talked on several of our episodes about making it an experiential process Mm -hmm. of really being able to immerse yourself in it rather than going and having information just kind of spoken out, but to really embrace that we take things home best when we do things. And another way that I saw this come up over the last several months is in my teaching. And this is the first semester that I've ever been able to teach first-year students. Nice. So I really got to weave my way into the minds of the up-and-coming class at my university. But but it was interesting to talk to them about things like countertransference. And when I first brought this up, it was probably about – seven or eight weeks into the semester. So they were all like, yeah, Kurt, every professor's talked about countertransference. I'm like, (laughs) yes, but do you know what countertransference feels like? And doing experiential activities around that that helps to drive things home as far as being able to really learn from experiences. And that's something that we try to do in our events as well, is ensuring that there's a immersive aspect of it. And I think that we did a fairly good job. And I, I always feel like, you know, we, I don't think that there's an end point in either of these goals so far, but no. that we can continue to move forward in them, but we're taking these action steps. 
And I think, you know, if you want to hear more about the conference, we have an episode and we'll link to it in the show notes. But I think to me, what helped us to be successful is that we created the vision, we had very specific goals, we stuck to those goals. And then we really reached out to like-minded individuals who were were able to help us hone in on what we wanted to do, helped us to communicate our message, helped us to bring in all of you and and connect with the community. I think the pieces that I really want to to highlight is the clarity of vision, the commitment, and the community that that allowed us to really hold ourselves accountable, hold each other accountable, and accomplish something. And I think so often when we just talk, when we're just shooting the breeze about oh, this should be different, or I'm going to do this big, amazing thing, it can feel really good. And it can kind of get to a place where you feel like you've already done it because you've talked about it so much. And it can feel like this either possibility, this thing that kind of already is in the air, I'm I'm willing it into being, or it can feel like this thing that's completely daunting because you've not actually created the pieces to it. You hadn't you haven't set yourself up for success. And I think we did really well with that for the conference. There's still so much we learned, but I think we were able to do the conference because we put those pieces in place. One of the other things that we've been talking about, we're taking more and more steps to is addressing the issues of pay for pre-licensees. And you know, this is something where this is a, a slow process. This is dealing with oftentimes several different government agencies. This is potentially getting no responses from Department of Labor's, uh, whether it's statewide or whether it's at federal level. So mm-hmm. th- this is something that moves a lot more slowly. But as we've become more interested in this, we're hearing more stories from more places of the treatment of pre-licensees. And I just found out this morning about uh, apparently there's laws in place in Michigan where students who are working intern hours cannot be paid. And oh my gosh. so this is definitely something where I'm interested not just in my local community here in California, mm-hmm. I, I am interested in the Californians, but <laughs> that this is not just something where we want to impact things locally, that this is something where as we hear your stories, as we hear the struggles that you run into, regardless of where you are, is that we can hopefully utilize our influence, our experiences in doing this to help you move forward in being able to address what's really kind of a... 21st century indentured servitude. Yeah, I think I think it's something where there are a lot of different ways, a lot of different pathways that each of us takes from our education to becoming a fully licensed or a, a fully established therapist. And I think when that pathway has really high barriers to entry that really decrease the the capacity for most people to do it. I think if we can create a path that does not require so much money or so much time that only a select few people can make it, I think if we can work on that in any way, I think that is a big mission. I feel like that was way convoluted in the way I said it, but I think what I was what I'm really trying to say is we want to help create a path so that we can have 
a, a larger diversity of all types of therapists being able to to do the work and sustain it and not go into so much debt or not be able to to actually make it through licensure because of the barriers that are in place. And I think that this kind of sparks into even some stuff that I'm putting out there for us to work on. And Katie is glaring at me already. She's like, <laughs> like I, what else are we going to have to do? <laughs> well, one of the big things that happens is the massive amount of debt that we mm. need to take on to get into this profession. And I think that we look a lot of times at the loans that we have to take on mm -hmm. and kind of the fighting for the pay to do things. But something that I'm really interested in exploring this year is how do schools actually use the money that tuition gets paid for? Hmm. Because if the costs continue to go up, and I know in higher education that the bigger that programs become, that the more and more of tuition money goes towards administration and bureaucratic sort of things yeah. than it does towards deliverables or professors or even mm -hmm. things in the classroom. But I'm I'm wanting to explore this more because I think it helps people make more informed decisions about entering into the field, yeah. which schools that they go to, and how they can finance their programs. Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end -end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Yeah, I think it would be really interesting to to understand higher education budgets and that kind of stuff. I think that can help with decision making. I think for me, if it's a really solid program, the the cost seems fair, I'm kind of not worried about what's going on in the background at some point. I think for me, it's more about the percentage of graduates that actually make it to licensure and get jobs. Because I think, yes, I want responsible universities. And my assumption is the responsible universities will have good metrics in that area. But I think if there are therapist mills that are charging a lot of money to people who don't really have the chance of becoming a therapist, that is something I want to address. I don't know what that looks like. And so I worry that maybe we're just kind of speaking something in versus having a specific plan. But I think it's something where even in saying this and committing to you guys that we want to really look at each stage of this profession and finding ways to make it more sustainable and improve the quality of life for therapists as well as the quality of work that therapists are doing. I feel like that we'll take that we'll take the time this year and maybe we need to kind of you know kind of make this measurable. We will 
do the research and set time aside to be able to identify where the avenue is to to start finding out this information. And I think that, you know, is we bring up any of those things and I, I want you to spend a moment and think about, you know, what are the conversations that you've been having or the worries or the struggles that you have. But when I hear Katie saying that, you know, she's worried about this aspect, that's the part that I'm challenging all of us to get past that worry and do something like yeah. that if we stop worrying and make a movement, we've, we've talked before about how easy it is to actually create some changes mm-hmm. and to actually go out and do some things. It might take you a while to get there. And Katie's got some strategies from her business consulting sort of background <laughs> that really help to lay out a, a blueprint on this. But I think in the first step, it's get over your fear just to actually start making some movement. So we can jump into the blueprint and we can kind of uh, apply it to something. But I like it because it's it's an acronym. I think it's I get tickled by it. It's it's boss making decisions like a boss. So be bold, objective, selective and strategic. And what we're really talking about is bold, have your big, bold vision. What would you be doing if you weren't afraid, if you weren't so worried that you were stuck? What is it, you know, kind of, I always talk about Simon Sinek, start with why he has a TED talk and a book and that kind of stuff, because it really gets to this idea of what makes you tick? Why are you doing what you're doing? And for therapists, oftentimes it's, why are you a therapist? But I'm saying, we're talking about like going outside of why are you a therapist? And it's kind of, what is your purpose as a human? (laughs) Because I think in a lot of ways, doing therapy is one piece of it. Improving our profession is another. So what's the meaning of life? (laughs) (laughs) What is the meaning of your life? And, oh, this just got existential. (laughs) (laughs) But in so many ways, this is, you know, authentically you lead the charge. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily even, I guess I, I put in that it needed to be like, what do you want to do for our profession? But it can be, what do you want to do in the world? I, I think it's it's something where therapists see so many pieces of humanity and the things that are really hindering each individual communities and that kind of stuff. So if there is something that is lighting your fire that's not in the therapy world, we want to encourage you to do that as well. I think finding the thing that gets you excited that you want to move forward, that is your big, bold vision. That's your why. And I think actually writing it down is really helpful because oftentimes people will have a sense, but they don't, until you actually put words on paper, it's hard to really tie it to anything. The example that I use for this a lot of times is that I see a lot of people nearing the end of their requirements of their hours towards licensure, and they kind of start studying for their licensing test, but they don't really start studying until they actually just schedule the test. It's <laughs> like, have something concrete. More specifically, I think it's it's something that you can refer to. It's, it's almost like a, your personal mission statement so that you can keep coming back. Because in making decisions, oftentimes we'll be really pulled away by everyday life, by other people's big, bold visions. When somebody has a clearer vision than you, you can really be uh, swayed and just do stuff for them versus doing your own stuff. So get really concrete with what is my big, bold vision? What is my personal mission statement? And then the next thing is being objective. And so- I object. (laughs) So 
regardless of, of Kurt's objections, being objective, I think, really ties into can I do it logistically, looking at is this the right timing? Do I have the time? Is it, do I have enough money? Do I have enough energy? Do I have the resources? Does it fit in, in what's happening in my life right now? I think oftentimes we want you to stand up and do stuff, but you're going to have to be very objective on what that looks like. So for me, over the next year and a half, I'm president-elect of Camped, and then I will be president. And I'm not speaking for Camped right now, but I just am putting something very practical out here. Camped is the California Association for Marriage and Family Therapists. Okay, thanks, Kurt. And so for me, I had to identify, is this the right time? And I did. I decided this was the right time for me. This is this is a very, very exciting time, and I wanted to be a part of what was happening at this time. And this is something that's a unique time. So for me, the timing was right. Do I have the time? Well, I had to really think about it. And I've had to quit stuff in order to be able to do that. So I had to say, if, if this is the time, then I need to make sure that I have enough time for it. And then looking at other logistics like financial and that kind of stuff, I have been working tirelessly, although Kurt and I keep adding stuff, but I've been working tirelessly to create systems that keep my business running really smoothly, even if I have to travel. And so I had to I had to walk through that before I applied to see my big bold vision was being able to have a bigger impact on therapists to help therapists in California to do what they needed to do. Objectively, could I do it? I figured I figured out I could. And so the objective stuff is you may have a big, bold vision that you that you realize I need to do in five years. And that's OK. But you have to figure out what that is and then figure out what what's your big, bold vision that you can do now. But that's the bold and the objective. That's kind of the the, the dream and the reality. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. For us, that some of the things that we've been able to accomplish, I think, actually came a little bit easier in some ways mm -hmm. than what we had expected and this you know primarily you know the first thing that we brought up today is kind of the diversity in our our faculty like yeah made it to where it was like how did other conferences not get this accomplished yeah. like earlier like that <laughs> that was really kind of a lot lower bar than i expected it yeah. to be yeah it was it was so easy i don't know why other conference well we know why other conferences don't do it but that's a whole other conversation so being objective about some of this logistics stuff is kind of being realistic about, as Katie was mentioning, the timelines of doing things mm -hmm. and knowing that some of the things that we're putting out there, the things that we're challenging you to do are going to take several years. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I'm sure that we'll talk about more in depth is Katie and I have been to Washington, D.C. a couple of times to lobby on getting MFTs and LPCCs as Medicare reimbursable providers. Yep. Apparently, this bill's been going on for like 17 or 18 yeah, years at this point long. that it does take a lot of effort and a lot of investment sometimes to make things happen. But we continue to do it because this is good. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. And we'll be putting an episode out so that you guys can know when to take action, because I think it is important to to have specifics so that you can take action at the level that you're 
able to, that you objectively can do. That's a great segue into the specifics. So the next one is actually selective. So it's bold, objective, and then selective. So being selective means that you keep in mind, does it align with my vision? And objectively, do I have the time to do it? And there's probably going to be more than one or two of those things. And so selective means if you say yes to something, and I already talked about this a little bit in the previous example, but if you say yes to something, you're going to have to say no to something else. Like you can't just keep stacking on the things that line up. You have to say, okay, does this actually work? And choose. And choosing means putting it in place, not just saying, oh, yeah, I want to do that. But it's actually saying, I'm going to do that. And this is what it looks like. Awesome. <laughs> and then very closely behind is being strategic. And so this is what we really are, have been talking about this whole episode is being strategic means actually creating the the outline, the plan to do it, not just putting it on your to-do list. Because there is, there is stuff that I have on my to-do list that I just keep moving down the line because it doesn't quite fit. And that's telling and that's not that's normal. But I think the things that I actually get done are the things that I put in my calendar. I create events around, okay, this is this needs to happen by this time. So let me tie this back and actually put the the amount of time that I think I need for it and schedule it versus just creating a to-do list. Because too often I think we have these really aspirational to-do lists that don't have any basis in reality. And so you've selected to do something and then you make no progress towards it because I'm doing it. It's on my list. (laughs) For those of you who've listened all along and know how Katie and I kind of started becoming friends and even Mm -hmm. moving into these ventures together is that these really started around having the same conversations over and over and hearing other therapists having the same conversations that we were. And it was when we became strategic about, well, how how would we fix that? Yeah. That we really started to lay out this plan. She's permeated my calendar now with to-do lists. And, <laughs> and scheduled things, and like scheduled meeting today things. to do yeah. the podcast episode. Yes. And so it really becomes structure and it becomes about being able to plant your flag and be Mm -hmm. passionate about doing things and you know really so much of what makes this easier in in getting through kind of some of these business structure sort of things is the feedback that we get from all of you Mm -hmm. and i think that that's you know really something where you you also need to rely on on your community and we've done episodes before on time management and we've done episodes before on delegating things out yeah. to assistants and and that kind of stuff and you know both things that Katie and I both do to make all of this happen and we have great teams that we're working yeah. with and it's all because of a plan to reach something and for us it's really about being able to encourage all of you and to really be able to make our profession the personal thing that it really is and you know how much of our profession is not just going in and doing a job but how much of it actually is about you and about authentically being you that makes this whole thing work and i think that we're starting to see this 
be reflected in some of the other presentations and some of the other educational things now that we've been talking about this in a lot bigger space and yeah. we've been pushing other people to really kind of conceptualize well that might work for you but it doesn't work for me because i'm not you <laughs> that is so profound <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no response to that <laughs> Because she's not me, and I would have a response about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the big takeaway is if you have something that has been worrying you, that you've been talking a lot about, something that you feel like isn't right, something that you feel like is the next thing that needs to be done, and, and maybe it's just an inspiration, I think actually taking true action, strategic action helps you to move forward and determine, is this the thing I really think it is? And if it is, let me accomplish it. So as you're thinking about this, as you're driving, as you're exercising, whatever it is that you do while you're listening to us, take a moment <laughs> and think about, you know, what is, what is this that I want to do for me? What is this that I want to go and improve in the world? And start thinking about what your boss strategy might be. Mm -hmm. And let us know on our social media, use hashtag therapy movement. Let us know what you're going to be working on next and to build. Yeah, and come into the Facebook group because I think that's a really cool place where we can come together and talk about it. And also, if there's things that you want us to spread the word on, um, just tag us or come into the, the modern therapist group on Facebook and start a conversation. Cause I have to imagine there's other people who are seeing what you're seeing and we can, we can support each other. And if the best that we can do is help connect you with somebody else who can help your vision get moving forward, we're happy to do that. And we have a great community of members there. And I think that it's time to also say that it's, Come into the group because we're going to have our call for speakers for the Therapy Reimagined 2019 conference coming out here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, we have some different topics that we think that people would like to hear from. But if you come in with something that's like really awesome and standalone and it's yours because you have a great boss strategy on it, <laughs> submit your uh, application to us. Uh, our committee on selecting speakers will go through things and be able to review all of the applications but that's coming out i'm really excited about starting to get therapy reimagined 2019 yeah here in los angeles october 18th and 19th 2019 yeah there's so many good conversations that we've already had and i think during uh ben's talk i think is when you stood up and said we we're doing it again right kurt that was our that was your commitment to the community <laughs> <laughs> and i think to me and and just to to kind of close the loop a little bit is i think about us sitting and having the conversation at some other conference um really thinking about what we would want to bring into the space, the conversations we were having and thinking, yeah, let's put on a, a workshop or a conference or something. We want to do something big. What, how do we do that? Well, let's think through, oh, you know what? Probably we should do a podcast. Mm -hmm. And so starting a podcast to, to, meet all of you and to talk with all of you. And hey, we're going to go to the biggest therapist conference that we know, and we're going to have podcast episodes ready to go. And so we had a deadline. And we created some okay podcast episodes, hopefully <laughs> they've improved since then. And we got out and we started talking to people. And then as we were talking to people, and as we were finding speakers, and we were doing this stuff, it became very concrete. 
And then when we were there and meeting so many of you and oh my gosh, it was just amazing. And then Kurt stands up and says, we're doing it again. We've now started the cycle again. And I am so excited that all the people that we're talking with, and I can't wait to announce who's going to be some of our primary speakers for Therapy Reimagined 2019. I think it's going to be pretty awesome. So check us out, mtsgpodcast.com. Join our Facebook group, the Modern Therapist Group. We'll have links to all of our social media in the show notes and use hashtag therapy movement. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code MODERN gets you two free months.